Welcome, listeners, to the, another installment of How I Hatched It, a production of the Hatchet Marketplace. This is Haley. Today, I will be speaking with Jay Wainwright, who co-founded the Cozy Sandwich Bar restaurants with his brother, Shep, back in the mid-1990s. What's interesting about Jay's story to me, and is relevant to Hatchet, is what inspired him to start Cozy. Would you mind starting there, Jay? And welcome to the program. Oh, happy to be here. Um... Yeah, interestingly, what inspired what inspired us with with Cozy was was we weren't in the food business. It wasn't it wasn't so much the food. It was we we wanted to go into business together. We were entrepreneurial, and, and we kind of knew we didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were surrounded by in New York City by bankers and lawyers and such. And and uh, our father's a lawyer, and and we basically started with the premise that we didn't want to wear a jacket and tie to work, um, <laughs> and that it would be something entrepreneurial and not necessarily in the food business. Um, and it's hard to, to uh, start with a white sheet of paper in front of you and uh, with no real direction. We'd, we'd done some entrepreneurial stuff in the summers in college, but never anything in the food. And it was, it was only after we found uh, Cozy in Paris, it's a restaurant in Paris originally, that we had, we had the idea to, to open a sandwich restaurant. Hmm, that's awesome. And I heard a story that you bit into a piece of Parisian flatbread, and was that kind of an aha moment for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the restaurant is 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 uh, it's a it's a restaurant in Paris. It's it's, it's an Italian mm-hmm. flatbread, but um, it uh, uh, the restaurant was popular with American tourists and expats. And uh, a good friend of mine took me there when I was a junior in college, and. Um, had fallen in love with it and then hadn't really thought of it as a business actually just thought it was really cool and delicious and when my brother and I were were working on business ideas um, and none, none were in the food business uh, just one day it popped into my head that I'd been a, been a year and a half ago a year and a half earlier to this place in Paris that was that was so cool and delicious and that's where it came from awesome and how did you negotiate to buy the rights to the flatbread for the U.S. market? Was it a flat fee or more of a licensing fee? Or were you paid a percent of the sales over so many years? Or how did that happen? Yeah, so, so sort of a mix of the above. But mm-hmm. at the time, I had no idea. I'd never done anything in business before. So I had, I had no idea what the sort of universe could look like of, of what kind of deal we could do. And, and so... My brother was actually living in Paris as a junior in college, and um, we walked in off the streets and, and and found the owner and and said we wanted to open a chain of these in the U.S. We always had kind of big dreams for it, even in the beginning, and uh, that was just when Starbucks was coming east and uh, Au Bon Pain had, had spread around New York City, and we didn't think the food was was as good as it could be, and so we thought there was an opportunity, and but we didn't know how to we didn't know how to structure it, so we just said we want to work with you, and we want you to be our partner, and we'll do it with you, and we'll help you in the United States. And he, he didn't have any interest in that, hmm. and he, he he has since become a, a dear friend, and and uh, but it evolved over time into a licensing agreement where we paid him a royalty and from there it evolved to where he became a shareholder in our company awesome so it kind of just happened naturally yeah it, it sort of evolved in stages as the company grew awesome and how did you come up with the money to get started did you determine how much money you needed did you kind of create a plan or how did that happen yeah so after we we figured out that how to how to 
learn how to do it, which was the original, the original step was for me to go over there and, and become an apprentice. I basically worked for him for a few months, um, and, uh, to, to learn the business. I'd never worked in the food business before, but, um, after that, uh, we put a business plan together. Uh, we got some advice from, from some family and friends that, that, that such things called business plans existed and there were some templates and some, some, you know, standard practices for that. And so we wrote a business plan and, and uh, set about to talk to literally everybody we, we knew. You know, so in that business plan, we, we, we did our homework on how much it would cost to open a restaurant in New York City and, and um, kind of knocked on everybody's door. Um, and so the original, the original investment came from family and friends, with a couple exceptions where there were some people that, that we met along the way who were restaurant folks who thought it was a great idea or knew the original restaurant in Paris. Um, but mostly it was family and friends. Hmm. That's wonderful that you have such a wonderful support system and family that's supporting your dreams. Yeah, it was a while ago, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, how did you come up with the interior design for the first restaurant? Did that become the template for your other restaurants? Um, that evolved... That evolved over time, but uh, that, that's actually a really funny story. So we were, we, we really didn't know how to, we'd never been in meetings before, we were literally right out of college, and um, we, we interviewed design firms, and um, we went to one in, on the west side in, in Manhattan, and I remember as well, because we were pitching, you know, we were telling them about this great concept we had and we wanted to, we were looking for an interior design, restaurant design firm to help us do it. And this design firm, I don't know who it was, but at the end of the meeting, they literally looked at the two of us and said, you know, we don't want to, we don't want to do your job. They didn't say the price was high. They're just like, we, we're not interested. <laughs> so we were kind of, we were kind of dejected. And, uh, and my brother had seen a restaurant on the way to the meeting that he thought was really cool. And um, he said, I want to show you this place. It's actually still there. It's called Basta Pasta. It's on 18th Street. And um, uh, he, he just had a sense that this was the design vision he had for it. And so we walked in off the street uh, and asked the person there if, if they knew who had designed the restaurant. And, and we actually met this woman, uh, Fusaya Yakoda, who is this restaurant designer that way and it turned out to be great like we did a lot of work with her oh that's that's awesome yeah that's cool did you have any previous restaurant experience before you went to shadow in paris as the apprentice or none none None. (laughs) wow never never been you know it's one of those i'd worked in a seafood shop in the summertime so I sold fish, but I, I, I had never worked in a restaurant. I'd never been a dishwasher or a busser or a waiter or a bartender or anything like that. I know. So I, I, the, the, my experience in Paris, <laughs> making the bread and then working this, the, you know, making sandwiches was, was literally my first restaurant experience. Man, were you ever concerned about if it wouldn't, wouldn't work or it would fall out? What, how did you treat that? You know, I don't, I don't, it was a while ago. I, no, I, I think it's weird to say, but I, I, I don't think so. I, I think we just kind of went into it with confidence that this was a great idea and that we could do it and it would work. Um, so, 
at that time, you know, people have, like like people had their doubts, but I don't think my brother and I did. Hmm, that's awesome. So that attitude kind of carried you through. I guess so. I don't know. If we, uh, yeah, that, that's that, that's in the very beginning. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't think we even knew what not to worry. I mean, we didn't even know what to worry about. It was, <laughs> it was we, we we had like some of the food we literally cooked for the first time the day we opened. Whoa. Um, and we also kind of went for it. We, we, you know, we, we, we were given advice to, to open and if, we, if this was going to be a, a chain of restaurants, it was a really good idea. Why would you open in New York City, open somewhere out of the city and test it out? <laughs> um, we decided that the best thing to do, when it was, it was, it was a good decision, was to really go for it and put the sandwich this product right in the middle of where people would would, would want it and need it and, and we'd figure out how to how to make it happen in that in that setting and so we opened on 52nd street between second and third and um i'm sorry between left and third and <laughs> it um you know so it was it was kind of crazy from the get-go wow um, but no and i, I we, we were working like around the clock i don't think we ever even sit around and doubt ourselves very much. Hmm. What was the hardest thing about getting things off the ground? Um, at that time, it was really hard to get gas turned on in New York City. Hmm. Um, and so, in the beginning, the, 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 we had to get Con Ed to turn on the... Well, I guess there were two things. Well, we had to find a lease um, yeah. to, to, to do our original restaurant. And um, landlords like to have people with experience and money behind you and guarantees and such and um, we got a cool spot and I look back I'm not quite sure how that happened I think it was it was a, it was a landlord that was going through transition and somebody that really liked us and, and did the deal but that that was that was pretty fortuitous and pretty luckily, lucky um, and I think it's a while to find and um and then getting the gas turned on uh, <laughs> was uh, very difficult because Con Ed was, um, it was just difficult to get the gas turned on. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, how did you and your co-founder slash brother Shep divide up your responsibilities in the beginning? Um, it was totally organic in the beginning. Yeah. We, had no, we had no idea that, we didn't even have any idea that, that I didn't know that there was a job called the general manager of a restaurant. I didn't even, I didn't even know. Um, and so we just did whatever, like kind of, we did, it just happened organically. And, and so in the beginning he was the bread baker and did all the bread baking. And, uh, I sort of fell into the, the kind of leader role. And then, and then we hired a restaurant general manager because, you know, we were hiring people, interviewing people and, they're like, well, do you have a do you have an experienced GM? And, and we thought, huh, never heard of that. And, um, but that was only after we opened. Um, so he did. The, we were involved too. Was uh, he did the real estate, and I did the day to day operations and ran the business. And he, he focused on the new restaurants and, the, and finding them and building them. Okay. Speaking of new restaurants, how many restaurants did you end up opening? Um, about 110. We worked with another company called Zando. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we had 
I'm going to guess like 18 restaurants and Zando had 18 or 20. Um, they were a coffee bar by day and bar by night and, and they didn't have like the, the hook food product like we had. They, they were basically a Starbucks with a bar. <laughs> so they had, they had, they had day parts. They had sales throughout the day. We had kind of one day part, which was lunch, but, but had a hook product and we put them together and, uh, called it, called it cozy. And, um, so after the merger, we had about 40 restaurants and then we grew that to, by the time I left about 110, 120, I think. Wow. Yeah. Speaking of when you left, when did you decide it was time to move on and sell the restaurant chain? Well, we went public. Um, so we took the company public and, uh, we were, we were not ready to go public. It was a mistake to go public when we did. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, uh, after the IPO, um, the board and, and my partners decided that, uh, that we should hire professional restaurant managers uh, to take up a, a, a CEO who had, who, had, who had run public companies before. And so that was, that was, you know, 10 years later after I started it. But, um, mm -hmm. so my partner, my brother and, and the Zando founders left at that point or thereabouts when we hired a, a professional team. And I, I actually wound up being the only guy to stay on, um, with, the, the new operators and um, and so I stayed for a few years after we were a public company maybe maybe two two years after we were a public company with a, with a new team and kind of helped them um, kind of take over and then I left gotcha would you have done anything differently if you could do things over again yeah yeah I do almost everything differently <laughs> <laughs> I mean we learned we learned a lot um, and, uh, you know, we were, we were successful and we took it, we took it from one restaurant to 110 and to a public company. And, and, uh, you know, there was no, at that point there was, I don't think, I don't think I'm not taking credit for it, but there was no such thing as the fast casual segment of the food business. It didn't exist. And so we had, we had identified it and sort of, we say identified, we kind of intuitively, we had, we recognized that there was a need in New York city for, you know, better food served at an affordable price quickly. And, um, cause there were delis and pizza places and Chinese restaurants and that was kind of it. And, um, and there was high end white tablecloths. <laughs> there was not much there. So I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. But, um, but in terms of, um, how we grew the business and, um, how fast we grew it and taking it public when we did, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I, we were, I would have done all that differently. Gotcha. Conversely, what did you love most about working with Cozy? Um, well, I love working with my brother, and mm -hmm. uh, I was proud of the company we put together. I mean, I listen, I made a, we made a lot of mistakes, but I was proud of what we did. Mm -hmm. um, it's yeah, it a great product. I mean, it, it's still out there. Mm -hmm. I actually haven't eaten there in a while, but um, in Boston, there, there, there are a few of them around still. Um, mm -hmm. And... Um, yeah, you know, we, we. I think what I'm, what I, like I said a second ago, what I'm most proud of is that that we had we had identified a niche, and, and, and then subsequently there's been you know, obviously great great people have come along, not because of us, but and, 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 but it's all the same thing, and and you know companies like Chipotle and Panera and, <laughs> and others have, have tried to go after the same area of the food business. 
hmm. we were there. We were there a little ahead of them, but um, but yeah, that, it was. It was. Uh, I'm proud of that. Wonderful. Lastly, uh, what advice would you offer to aspiring entrepreneurs, whether it be starting a restaurant or something completely different? Um, I, I guess I would say if you're if you're if you're a budding entrepreneur, I would say ask lots of questions. Don't pretend to know anything you don't know. <laughs> um, and I think that's one of the things that my brother and I learned on very early on is you, you can't you can't fake you can't pretend that you're an expert on something when you're not. And it turns out that people are really open and sharing and, 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 and will help you and, 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 and give you the benefit of their experience if you're if you're if you're if you ask and you don't pretend to be something or not. I see I see a fair amount of of, of young entrepreneurs coming along who, who you can see they don't know what they're talking about but they're trying to fake it and they're trying to act like because I think that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. And in fact I think it's the opposite. I think you you know if you the the, the you should ask lots of questions and find folks that have been there and done it. And, and, and not, not that they can do what you're doing better than you can. Very often young entrepreneurs have, have, have better ideas. Hmm. But in terms of the execution um, and uh, uh, the sort of avoiding some of the pitfalls along the way, um, people who have done it often can do that. And, and I find that the way, to, the way to avoid that best is just, be really honest about what you what you know and what you don't know, and, uh, and don't pretend to know things you don't know. Yeah, people will respect that more and be more willing to help you. People do respect that more, and they, yeah, they don't see it as weakness. They really don't. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time, Jay. It was really awesome getting to know you and to hear your whole story. Um, And I hope your wisdom and experience will benefit future entrepreneurs from the Hatchet Marketplace. But thank you so much for making time for me this morning. My pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Have a good day. Bye-bye.